Welcome to the Phillips Show. Grab your coffee because this one's going to be good. Grab your coffee, a notepad, and something because you're going to take notes today. And the reason why I'm saying that is we all have had some sort of job where something just isn't right. We're in the era now where we hear a lot of things being deemed toxic. Now think about some of your jobs and think about you as a manager. In what scenario would you call something toxic or some one toxic and better yet what do you do do you stay do you go do you address it so 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 many things and i know that you're all thinking right now ooh, that one leader but what if that leader was you mm -hmm. yeah so take some personal notes too and today we have the founder of vent and the ceo of light up germany with us and focusing on fighting toxic leadership i know get ready kasha musur is here kasha hello hi <laughs> how are you doing i'm fine thanks how are you i am doing great so for starters first where are you and what time is it <laughs> i'm in berlin germany and it is yeah three o'clock three o'clock wow wow i love what's going on in your background it's so tranquil it's it's nice. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the autumn. It's not autumn quite yet, but uh, I'm yeah. already in the mood. Yeah, I'm ushering it in with this sweater. I'm like, I'm going to wear a sweater today. <laughs> it's like we planned it. <laughs> it's, like we planned. it's like we planned it. So I, I am so, um, I'm so curious about toxic leadership <laughs> and just the word in general. That is such a specific um specific point of um, concentration. How in the world did you gravitate to saying, you know what, I'm not about this toxic leadership, so I'm going to do something about it? Mm. Yeah, um, first-hand experience to begin with. So I experienced it myself, and at the beginning, I had no idea what was happening. I experienced it more than once. And mm. with every experience I had, I learned something new, and I was faster to recognize the red flags and then to make healthy choices for myself. So then towards the last experience I had, I came to the conclusion that, um, you know, this is just strange and doesn't feel right to be have to living my life this way. And um, I was talking to a friend and I said, yeah, it's tough, but in, in the end, I learned so much, even though it was really tough. And the friend said, you know, actually, you can learn a lot without being humiliated. You can learn a lot without being um, discriminated against. There are um, healthy environments where you can learn just as much or even more. And that really made me think that this is very true. And why, why is it tolerated? And also, why did I not think of this myself sooner? Why did I accept it for such a long time? And then I just realized that in my environment at that time, when I was experiencing it, nobody was there to point out to me that this is a very unhealthy situation. What I heard mostly was, oh, you're exaggerating, or, you know, a boss is a boss, everybody is going through it, or everyone has those sort of experiences, especially at the beginning of their career. And I also heard, oh, you know, your boss is such a prestigious persona, and they're very well recognized, so how is it that 
you cannot get along with them if you know they're doing so well in the business. So there was a lot of uh, blaming uh, as well and self blaming too. Yeah. And yeah. then when you were, um, it's so I'm so interested to know. Number one, um, at what level of your career did you start to notice that this was something that was happening to you? Is this something that only happens to high executives? Were you entry level? Where did you find your place on this spectrum? Mm. <clears throat> so I've been working since I started university. So now it's 18 years. And my first jobs were very, um, very great experiences. It was um, later on, the positions were still quite junior, um, but also, you know, it depended on the size of the company. The, uh, the first experience that I had was in a very small uh, organization or a small company. And uh, so it was, I already had work experience. I knew what I was doing. I, I had the confidence that I was already after university at that point. So I had, the, the world was my oyster. And I was quite confident about what I was doing. So the job was entry, but I was not a newbie in a way. Right. So you mentioned a word in there that said you were confident. One of the things that, um, that I'd like you to speak to before we go into like identifying it, what did it do to you to have to, I guess, your character, like how you were able to navigate? What did you think about yourself? What did it do to you personally to have to not just experience it, but endure it to the point of saying, you know, that's that's quite enough. I would I would assume that it's not easy to be in a workplace like that. So as a worker, how did that impact you? Um, terribly. Uh, and I was in this situation that I had to I felt I have to keep this job. There is no other way. I was trying to look for other opportunities, but in my life situation at that moment, nothing seemed financially as good. Nothing seemed to fit my uh, resume as well. And I really felt like, okay, you know, also an important thing to mention was that I felt like, okay, this is the perfect job. This is my ideal job to have. So there was also this element of finally, I have a job that is the right one for me. So I really felt like I had to keep it no matter what. <clears throat> and then when uh, things started happening already quite early on, what it did to me was first, um, as you said, I was confident. Um, at first I was confident and very quickly I started thinking, was I, was I wrong about it? Was I just lucky before? Was I in an environment that kind of tolerated my incompetence? So there was a lot of self-questioning and then kicked in this need to, okay, no, this is my, this is my ideal job. Now I have to prove myself. So trying to fix things, trying to be better and trying to keep the relationship uh, on a, on a positive note. And then um, that never worked because mm. that was not, I was not really the problem there. Um, so what it did to me was, uh, yeah, it made me question myself a lot and my self belief, sorry, and that confidence, they just yeah. um, went. Yeah. <clears throat> so after you made the decision to say, you know what, this is going to be an area of concentration for me. I'm going to help people, you know, with this. What was that? What was that switch? What do you do, I guess, in in terms of being able to be an advocate um, for no more uh, to toxic leadership? What do you do? So the switch came when um, I started having roles which were I was managing teams. I was in leadership roles and I realized that 
actually I can do it well without being a bully. I can do it well without making other people feel small and we can cooperate really great. I don't have to have all the answers. That's why we are a team. And um, yeah, in one of those roles, I thought I could have a bigger impact, but I couldn't because the boss of mine didn't really um, share those values. So for them, um, the people, the encouragement of people and taking care of people was less important than profit. And that's what really made me think, okay, there is no way to have an impact, no matter what an amazing HR person you are or people person you are. If you don't have support from the top leadership, you will achieve very little to nothing. And that's when the switch came, because um, as you mentioned, I run an NGO and uh, we are a team of 35. So it's quite a, you know, large team to say and and we are spread all over germany and we manage very well to keep a very good atmosphere and collaboration and um that's when i thought you know what we have to talk about this more because it is possible to have a healthy team and it is possible um not to uh, treat people badly for the purpose of achieving goals so that's which came then and i just felt furious about the fact that people who don't value or they um, they don't respect other human beings are profiting so much from it because there is a lot of money to make out of exploiting others. And we know that from the human trafficking um, element of my work as well, it's, um, it's appalling. And a lot of it is because there is no awareness and people don't recognize the signs and because it's so normalized and acceptable. So this switch came when I just realized that if we talk about it more, we can reduce it. So it was at the beginning, it was just fury. Yeah, yeah, just straight up, I'm sick of it. Yeah. Yeah, with, um, with what you do now, I'm sure that you give people and your team, it's a, it, I'm sure that your team is a reflection of what you don't want to happen. So, you know, so there's kind of, like that thing, like I came out, I've come out of this and I'm going to build intentionally a place that is not this way. <laughs> when it comes to um, identifying, if I'm a person and I'm working and I think, how do I know that I'm in a toxic situation and how do I know it's not just me and I need some coaching in certain areas? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you pay attention to yourself because um, you feel those signs, you recognize how, what, what are your thought patterns? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Um, what, how are you behaving? If you have experienced from before and you compare it, what happened suddenly that in this one place, you're suddenly um, so much more negative or not performing so well. And that's one thing. Another thing, you look at the culture, you look at the people around you, what are they like? Are people competing? Are people gossiping? Is there a lot of uh, negativity and this unhealthy feeling in the team in general? And then you look at that leader and how are they behaving? Do you trust them? Are they just charming, but they don't deliver? Are they um, you know, uh, favoring some people over others? is their um, honesty in what they say. And um, yeah, in general, what is the feeling? Because it's that gut will tell you that you are in an unhealthy space. And whether you need coaching or not, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's this bigger picture that you have to take into consideration because it's 
not just about um it's about the dynamic with other people so um yeah it's it's a different things that happen to you depending also on your uh, life situation mm. as a leader i know it's often um hard to keep the balance like your um the psychology of management um the actually the the pragmatic part of it the functional side of it to make sure that you're balanced as an individual as an em your emotions you're not you know projecting and all of these things as a leader how does one guard against becoming someone who will be considered toxic or fostering this type of negative atmosphere for your team yeah, again, you have to check with yourself. And why am I in this position? Am I in this position because I love to be in the limelight? Do I Am I in this position because I like to um, manage other people and tell them what to do? Is it about my glory? Uh, or is it about the money that I can make here? Or am I actually passionate or care about the outcomes, about this organization, company, whatever it is that you're doing? Because toxic leaders are those people who um, sacrifice everything for their own profit and for their glory. So they don't care about the goals of the organization as long, you know, they, they care only if they bring them uh, fame and money. But uh, if it's something that is not really spoken about, they will, they will not care so much. So you have to ask yourself, okay, what is really driving me here? And then another thing is um, keep uh, in touch with the team. Speak with people. Don't assume that you know everything and that what you imagine about yourself is the truth because uh, we all have blind spots we all uh, make mistakes we all learn and uh, you have to speak to the team because you might not be realizing how uh, you're impacting other people so also don't just focus on uh, achieving goals financial goals for example so it's not yeah. a race to um, to achieving uh, yeah, goals and financial goals. It's more about um, how is the team working together and do you understand people? It's actually all about people. And it's Simon Sinek who said it as well. You know, if you don't understand people, you don't understand business. So whatever it is that you're doing, you have to um, understand people. Yeah. And I, people are often the hard part. <laughs> These are yeah, often, you know, sure. even, it's, even though it's the, it's the most complex, because not only do you have to understand them, you're <laughs> understanding them from the perspective of yourself. And it starts with how are you perceiving? How are you processing? You know, what are you, what do you find offensive? What is not offensive? Are you over? You know, there's so many things that come into play with how people manage themselves and how available mm -hmm. they are to successfully manage others. In your company, Vent, tell us a little bit about that. What is Vent? Yeah, so this is a startup. Um, I started working on it last year, and the idea was to get people talking about their experiences, to mm -hmm. shine more light on it, and uh, to denormalize the abuse, and to um, reduce the acceptance. And it's also, uh, yeah, like you said, you just mentioned, um, it's about how people are treating other people and that is the most complex thing and with vent we want to draw the attention to the fact that this element is rarely brought in when you're assessing someone's readiness for leadership role so we want to bring more awareness to the topic of toxic leadership 
for the purpose of people recognizing it sooner rather than later. Uh, because then you can really avoid all those um, horrible uh, experiences. And I am uh, with Vent, I started with interviews. I wanted to validate the idea. I wanted to check, is it, how big of a problem is it? And as I started interviewing, um, I recognized that it is a massive problem. It is uh, in every industry. It doesn't matter what age. It doesn't matter what background. It's uh, across the board. And there is a lot of shame and there is a lot of fear around it. So people don't talk. People don't share stories. Um, and, the, you know, those kind of leaders, they just keep changing and changing stuff. So more and more people are suffering and then moving on to another job with this residual trauma, taking it home. Um, and it's it's just a lot of suffering and a lot of damage, which could be avoided if there was just more awareness. So VENT yeah, is, um, is meant to bring create a community of people who um, want to support each other and want to prevent uh, this from happening to others in the future and also um, in my interviews, I see that there is a big desire to to um, increase the accountability and not even in a legal sense, but just for it to be recognized. Because even though sometimes I speak to people who did go the legal route and they received compensation, but because they never heard apologies, because it was never fully recognized, they still don't have closure. So um, it's about people being able to contribute through contributing their story to contribute to um, wider awareness and prevention and accountability through through this awareness. You said that sometimes people don't have closure, and you know, in your in your uh, experience, I know that that can be difficult. Um, for how do you recommend or have you seen um, people who actually needed that closure, how do you move forward if there's something that's left undone when there was damage that caused damage to either your self-esteem, your work esteem, um, it could have caused a huge rift in your, your projection, your professional projection. Like how do you move forward after something like that could be, may have devastated, if you will, your, your life? Mm -hmm. I think the majority of this devastation comes from um, blaming yourself because mm. you think I did it in some way. I somehow I didn't communicate well. I didn't do my job right. I didn't spot it soon enough. And I think the closure comes from this validation that it's actually not me. It's a systemic issue. It's so many different people who go through exactly the same thing. And you know, if you're junior, you may think, oh, I didn't have the experience. Uh, if I knew more, if I was smarter, but no, it's uh, people in high positions it happens to. In those interviews, by now I have interviewed over 100 people and wow. they were from across different uh, industries. They are doctors. They work in public administration, in uh, government institutions. It's really, you may think it happens to a certain type of person. No, it happens to every type of person. So um, it's about, this is also what we want to do with VENT for people to recognize that it is not an individual problem. And I think when you know this, when you recognize it, you can move on more easily. You can heal from it because you don't have to blame yourself. So it takes away this element of, um, of that, um, that mental burden. Wow. I'm so glad that there's this, I'm so glad that your organization is there. It seems so passionate 
and so and so um, necessary. You also do work with human trafficking. What is your role in in that? Mm -hmm. Light Up Germany is an NGO focusing on education for the purpose of prevention of human trafficking. So we create workshops and um, social media campaigns for youth in Germany to spread awareness about the threats and uh, realities of forced prostitution and human trafficking. And my role um, as the CEO is to help manage um, the people, yeah, to, to lead people that we have. We work with a lot of volunteers. We are mostly a volunteer um, organization. So it is about giving those uh, people the space to, um, to express their passion for this topic and to use their skills we have a lot of, um, yeah, because it's social media campaigns and it's education, we have social workers, we have um, social media experts, graphic designers, we have people who love to write text and uh, teach. So it's a mix of people that um, in my role, I am bringing together, together with the other people who are with me on the management team. Um, we are uh, bringing these people uh, in that space so that they can use their talents uh, for a good cause and, um, and to educate, yeah. And to educate. For you, where is your 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 feet deep in it, knee deep, you know, in so many things. And it sounds like they're all emotionally charged, right? They it sounds like they're very emotional. Um, where do you personally find balance in who you are as a person and your passion to work through the challenges that others may be facing? and moving them along. How do you find balance in your own life to handle all of these emotionally charged areas? <laughs> Thank you for asking this. No one ever asked me. <laughs> um, so it's definitely my family. Um, I am very close with my family and just, uh, you know, holding on to this kind of reality that I'm in. I have a dog and he yeah. is quite uh, demanding. <laughs> I love so dogs. he keeps me down to earth with all his needs and his uh, humor <laughs> um, and also I do sport and this is very good for me to clear my head and whatever emotional um, situations I, I encounter because these interviews they can be quite tough um, people experience um, you know horrendous things and um, and it's I, I mean for me it's a privilege that people have the uh, trust and they feel safe to share these stories with me and I empathize because I experienced it myself. So it is uh, something that um, I care about deeply. And, but I also know that there are threats, uh, not threats, but dangers to it if it's uh, not properly managed. So um, yes, I also um, speak to uh, people, professionals about, uh, you know, just to make sure that I don't take it on or also when I speak to people that I don't re-traumatize them in any way. So it is a process that needs to be managed and it uh, it has to be done uh, consciously and very carefully um, because I am not a therapist. So it's not, um, I'm not in a position to uh, to help people in that way. So mm. I'm more the, you know, you know, taking in the story so that I can use it later to find this solution. And what keeps me um, also motivated is the fact that people want this solution. People really want a solution to this problem. So they are very happy to uh, share their stories. And I think this is very, no matter how hard the story is, um, they try. 
they try they dig deep into their mind because you know when you go through it you then suppress it you don't want to remember it you don't want to talk about it and then you come yeah. to this interview and you're like okay i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna have to talk about it again and it's not even that yeah. you have to you decide it i will go there again because i know it can help other people so it's it's an amazing thing in a way because it's like the meeting of people who are like-minded we meet together and we're like let's let's do something about it together so um yeah it's different things that i do <laughs> yeah see people um are so dynamic you know and it takes so much to just connect and even be centered enough to connect i'm so glad you have a dog i love dogs <laughs> do you yeah, have a dog I'll, i don't but they're I'm my favorite <laughs> what kind of dog is it uh, it's a mix of a Yorkie and a Schnauzer, so it's like a big, uh, big Yorkie. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I always say that dogs are my favorite people. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, really. And yeah. he has—he can wake up with in a bad mood. He is really very human-like, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So for um, for people who are interested in reaching out to you or to learn more, what can they do? Um, so right now I'm just on LinkedIn. We are building okay. a website. I have a team. We are four uh, people together and we are currently building a website. So with the stories that I got, I am creating content uh, so that the patterns are more visible and uh, I will be uh, further interviewing people and giving them the space to share their story and, story and contribute. But right now it's um, just LinkedIn and within a couple of weeks uh, the website will be running and then um, it will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that number one, this takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to say there's actually something wrong and to try to find a solution and then to come from that um, and create solutions for other people. So thank you so much for the courage that you had to kind of step out and make something happen and, and battle that, you know, combat that. Um, but it also, for all of the other people who are listening what a tremendous relief there must be to know whoo i'm not alone somebody else has gone through this somebody else has spoken up and now because of people like you and the people that have been brave enough to share their stories other people will be able to say you know what i can be this courageous as well yes exactly and i also want to encourage people People, even if they think my story is not as extreme, it doesn't matter how you perceive it extreme or not. If it affects you emotionally and mentally and physically, it's important and every story counts. So don't think, oh my God, I didn't experience such a bad thing. If it impacted you, you did. Yeah, it was a big thing if it impacted you. Yeah. Perfect. Kasha, thank you so much for being here. I'm so I'm so glad that for everybody that doesn't know, we met on LinkedIn. So shout out to LinkedIn for connecting people and countries together and meaningful causes and platforms and actions. So I'm so glad that you took some time out of your day over there, your meaningful day, to sit here with <laughs> me and drink some coffee. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for creating a platform that allows people to talk about so many different things. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm and I'll um, I'll reach back out to you and I'll say this to everybody so they can <clears throat> they can know. I'll reach back out to you and touch base to see when your website will be done and we can make sure that people can link from LinkedIn to whatever you're doing because it's that important. Absolutely. Great. Thank absolutely. you. <laughs> you're welcome. So that's Kasha. 
um, of vent, listen, there is help. And you hear me say it all the time. There is hope. Everybody has a story, as you just heard. It doesn't matter how small you think it is or how dramatic you think it is. There are ways that your story can positively impact people. And if you are someone that has experienced toxic leadership, or if you're someone who's questioning if you're a toxic leader, this is a really great time to kind of take some inventory, rewind this. If you're listening on the podcast, rewind. If you're watching, uh, wind it back and take some notes because it's all about people and how you connect with people really can change their lives. Thanks so much to Kasha for being here. And for you all, make sure that you visit philipforwork.com to learn more about the work that she's doing in Germany and more about some amazing stories. And as usual, you are the best you in the world. And I will see you next time here on The Philip Show. Don't